This episode is brought to you by our small biz shopping directory and the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. We're inviting you to shop the directory and take the shop one in five pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. When you buy from the directory, you're buying from a real person. Our goal is to shine a spotlight on small product businesses and buy from each other. Here's what you can do to make an impact. One, take the pledge. Make the commitment to shop one in five of your purchases through small businesses. Two, shop the directory. Don't know where to find small businesses online? We created the Small Biz Shopping Directory to make it easy to support, shop, and share small businesses. Three, share the directory. Imagine if each of us told three to four people to shop the Small Biz Shopping Directory. It would be incredible and life-changing to so many small businesses. Tell your friends, family, and social network. You can take the pledge at shop1in5.com and shop the directory at theproductboss.com slash shop now. Don't worry, all the direct links in this episode will be linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my super supportive co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitap. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. Well, first, I do want to thank you for being so supportive. You're a very good business partner. You are too. Literally, just I couldn't handle 2020 without you. Probably any year for the rest of my life. (laughs) No, especially 2020. It it feels so different. But I thought, I think that all the time, I think, you know, wow, this year is hard. And thank goodness that Jacqueline's in my life because it's been a lot. So I'm grateful for you. We're grateful for all of you, um, all of our listeners and our community. And I know we're coming upon um, the Thanksgiving holiday here in the States, but it's just a time um, where, you know, there's reflection on the year as well as what's to come coming forward. So, but as we say that, I really, today we're excited to share something with you because Mina and I have been on a lot of websites lately. We sure have. We have. And we've been able to really kind of step into the consumer role and think what would make, what, what would stop somebody from buying? And so today we want to talk to you about the three reasons why someone didn't buy from you. And I think this is really important as we're, we're in the busiest time of year. Now, whether or not you can take action right now depends on how busy you are in your business. But I think this is important to think about as you're moving forward, whether it's something you can adjust now or something that you adjust in the future. Right. I think we mention it all the time that 
even though we're all businesses, we are all also consumers. So us getting into that mindset of, you know, we can only bring people to our website, but what else is it that will stop them from purchasing from us? And how can we make that a little bit more into our favor, right? As small businesses, how can we make it more enticing to buy from us? Yes. And we work with our students in this. We talk about it in our signature course, which is multi-stream machine. We work with our masterminds, masterminders on this. So please, for all of you know that even the best performing businesses always have to come back and think, think through some of the things we're going to talk about now and think, well, what could one of these be a reason why a customer didn't make a purchase and why they didn't buy from us? So we're going to jump into talking about that. Yeah. So Mina, what's the first reason why you think that somebody didn't buy from somebody? Well, this first one is huge, but it's very simple. And it's, they don't know what you sell. No idea. No idea. (laughs) They go on there, they see a bunch of photos. It's very unclear that you sell anything sometimes, or they aren't quite sure what if they're in the right place. So mm-hmm. anytime somebody comes to your website, they do a little bit of self-qualification. Am I in the right place? So your job is to be like, hey, this is what I sell in a, so many ways, right? You make it very apparent that in the first few seconds, they know what you sell because then they can be like, oh, I'm in the right place or I'm not in the right place. If they ever second guess, oh, I am I am not sure if I'm in the right place. They would just leave mm-hmm. because they don't know if they're, they don't know what you sell. You have about three seconds to let somebody know what you sell. That's on your own website. That's on social media. If you get new eyes on your product, they have three seconds. So how do you let people know what you sell? Well, one way is that you have a great tagline or something quick that when they land on your page, they can read, you know, artisan soaps made of goat's milk or something like that, right? Like, yeah natural handmade bath and beauty products. Uh-huh. Small batch soy candles. Right. Handmade silver jewelry. Mm-hmm. Loose leaf tea. Yeah. yeah. What else? What else? <laughs> active apparel for the active mom. Uh-huh. Handmade bow ties for dogs. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's words, right? And it's not a lot of words. It's a few words that are really quick and really easy to read, right? Because you have your logo and sometimes your logo represents your brand and sometimes it doesn't. And there might be some just key words that will show up. Those can also be included in your bio on social media, right? On Instagram, on Facebook, something simple. Let's don't get wordy. Don't mm-hmm. write your, like your manifesto. Don't yeah. talk about yourself. Just get really simple that if they showed up and they, if, they, if they landed on your site and they saw a couple bars of soap and then there were words that said, handmade soap made from goat's milk. Mm-hmm. Hey. This is why hero image, the, so when we talk about hero image is so important is because sometimes that can go hand in hand, the tagline and the photo the hero image. But the words are especially important because photos tend to vary. So there's lifestyle photos, which are like your product in action, or there's product photos. So when Jacqueline was talking about soap and the see picture of soap, that is a product photo, right? They understand it like that. But there also could be instead somebody in a bubble bath and that's the lifestyle photo, the product in use with the same words and they will get it just as quickly as they would if it was the product photos. But you may not want to put a picture of a goat. 
yeah. as your main image, <laughs> right? Because like, they'll see that and they'll be like, handmade soaps, goats, but they'll see the goat and they won't know if it qualifies them. So right. when we talk about qualifying them, and so that takes us to our second thing on they don't know what you sell. Do you have good photos? Mm-hmm. So whether they're stock images or whether they're photos you've taken, if they look at it, do they understand what that is in the photo? So for example, if you have a picture of your product, of your a beautiful picture of your soap, they can write then, then and there say like, depending on their level of qualification, if your photo is super professional, do they resonate with that? Are they okay with kind of like hand, home done photos? It depends on the consumer, right? So that's just going to be dependent on the consumer. But let's say you have this beautiful photo, well lit of a beautiful piece of soap. And it says, you know, soap made out of um, goat's milk. Great. I'm inspired by Eden Body Care right now, but <laughs> I can tell with all the goat milk talk. Over I know, there. just because it, we it's in my head. She's in the directory, and um, <laughs> we just recorded a podcast episode. So Eden Body Care makes soap out of goat's milk. So, but she also has beautiful soap. But then, if she showed someone in a bathtub, depending on the woman in the bathtub, would depend on if I resonated with that as well, right? If mm-hmm. it was super like high glamour, you know, crystal, like I'm um, thinking like mirror. What am I thinking of? There's like glam. There's like glam baths. There's Mm -hmm. also, you know, kind of like farmhouse baths. If you think about that, depending on the image of the woman in the bath, I may resonate with it. And you, Mina, may not resonate with the picture of them in the bath. That's also a way that lifestyle resonates with the consumer. Right. And there is a big difference of photos. I think that when people are on Etsy, that there's a tolerance... The barrier is a little bit lower because they know that there's more handmade items on there. But when it's your own website, there's a perception that needs to be met, a a value sense, you know? So if it's a high level, luxurious brand, they need to show that in their photos. If it's not, they still need good photos. They just have to be a different feel to them, a different brand aesthetic, a different perception value. You know, this is what in the marketing world we call positioning. Where are you going to be positioned as far as like how much it costs and if your customer that you want is willing to pay that price for it? Well, if if your products are $1,000 and you have a not so great photo or a somebody, you know, that's like has a whole bunch of stuff in their car and it's not well done, that's more of like the consumer, the, the bargain shopper versus the luxe brand shopper. There's a reason why people buy Tiffany's jewelry. They want that perception. They want to pay that amount because that's everything that the brand offers. They never do anything that seems like bargain bin shopping. Stuff. Even if you can get a knockoff in the jewelry like district of your town, the people who really want the Tiffany's will buy and pay extra for the Tiffany's, even if it's a knockoff, because even the value to them is, is having the actual product from the actual store. Right. So going back to they don't know what you sell, right? So we're talked about key, like a, a phrase that makes it really clear. We talk about beautiful photos that they can, they can look at it and be like, okay, I understand. Am I the right customer? for this product? Does this product offer me what I'm looking for? And is it, is it clear what you're selling? Does it make me as if I was in person seeing it with my own eyes? Can I do that? The other thing that I think about they don't know what you, what you sell is when it comes down to your product description, there are easy product descriptions to read and there are hard product descriptions. You either don't have enough information. Sometimes you might have too much information. So you have to think, the customer, even if they make it past your homepage and they make it to the product, then what? 
how long do they really want to spend their learning about what they need to learn? They don't want a research manual. And they also don't want you to just assume that they're, they've got it and they're good to go. So what do they need to know? They need to have a little bit of that lifestyle description mm-hmm. written. They right? need to know how to use it for sure. And they probably want to know what it's made out of or scents or the value that you're adding to them, right? Like if you're offering soap, what are the scents? Like if I were to smell it, how would you describe that to me in words? Mm-hmm. How would it make my skin feel? What are the ingredients in it? And why, what is the reason that I need it as a customer? Right. And the other things is they need just like the, the specs, the details. If it's a 16 ounce bar of soap, bar of soap. Yeah. I was like, is that really huge? I don't know. Obviously I don't know ounces of soap. Yeah. A candle, perhaps (laughs) it would be a giant bar of soap, but they need to know like the size of something. So they know what they're actually buying. Because just as you have a photo, we had done, we had looked at one website and there were photos of, of two tins, right? Mm-hmm. Two different tins that in a photo look the same, right? but the brand, the business had a way to show us in their hand, what the tin looked like in their hand. And so we were actually able to define the difference and understand the difference in size. So you want to replace in person with information and photos when you're showing your, your products and when you're describing your products. Mm-hmm. And then just answering questions for them that you typically get about the product. So if it's things like, even if it's, this is the main ingredient or um, this is used for, or what, what are some, like just answering the main questions that come up in their heads about that specific product would be ideal yeah. in a description. I think thinking about if you're in person, right? Someone mm-hmm. walks up to your table and they first, you think about it, right? They're look, they're standing far away and they're walking past your booth or your table and they're looking and they're like, well, what's that? Can they tell immediately what you sell? Mm-hmm. Do you, are, they, are they attracted to your display on that table, right? Like however you have it set up. Are they attracted to it? Does it look sparse? Does it look too full? And like, you know how when you go to a discount store, everything's mm-hmm. like super crammed on the, on the racks? Uh-huh. Yes. It's a different experience versus when you go to like a designer store and there's only one of every size two out. <laughs> you yeah. have to ask them for the bigger size. So walking by, what is that initial look? Are they able to quickly see what you sell? Is there a little sign on the on the table that says like handmade jewelry made in Utah? Is there a sign that says that? Or what do they see? Then they walk up to you and then they're going to reach for something. That's your photo. What are they reaching for? What are they attracted to? Can they pick it up and see what it is and understand it? Like you may have to tell them that's, that's sterling silver. If there's not a tag on it that says sterling silver, you may have to say to them, it's an 18 inch chain or they would hold it up to their neck. So think Mm -hmm. about the things that you standing behind the table would have to tell the customer that they should know about it. Do you have to tell them about how it's made, where it's sourced from, like how you welded the thing on? They don't need to know any of that. Right. Not initially. You're the expert that knows about your business. So you know the things that you need to be telling them. So for example, if they have a candle and you're the candle expert and they come and smell the candle, a piece of information like that would be that has an 18 hour burn time, right? Because they might not think of the questions that are the main questions, but that might be the thing that you're answering for them before there's any objections that come up. It's Jasmine with a hint of yelling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't say the word. My head could say it. My mouth couldn't. 
Palo Santo with an undertone of citrus, right? Like you may say these words to them and that's all they need to know. Right, right. So when we go back to this, this, this one reason, it's they don't know what you sell. And we wanted to walk you through some of the biggest hiccups. Um, the other thing is if they can't tell from your homepage, this is one more thing I just want to add. If they can't tell from your homepage and they go to an about page, right? If you have an about or more information, I want you to come at it from the point of about your brand, about your products, about that. I don't think that it should be about you to start. Unless you are a physician or an expert and they're buying the product because you are an expert in that, I want your about page to be something so simple that I could go there and quickly understand this is what your business sells. This is what I can get from it. And I can, and I can verify for myself like, oh yeah, they have what I need. I'm going to go shop the pages. Yeah. Unless you're part of the process though. If you're a maker and you're making something and part of your tagline is handmade poured in Wisconsin cheese. (laughs) Perfect. Then you're part of the story founded by cheese connoisseur or cheese lover or cheese enthusiast family, blah, blah, blah. Then that's when you're part of the story. But otherwise, it probably doesn't make sense for you to put your story on there if you're not a part of it, right? But make it concise though. We don't, Mm. it's not a, it's not your bibliography, right? Or is that bibliography? Biography? Oh my God. (laughs) It's so late in the day. It's so late, friends. We are we've done a lot today. May or may not edit that part out. But um when it's it's not your autobiography. So if you're going to tell the story, why does it matter to your customer? It's not about you. So remove yourself from it. If you're gonna write about how you're the artisan hand pouring cheese in Wisconsin, make it that it's about the customer. They want to know that they're getting it from the expert at the source with the farm and that it's organic and that the, the you know, oh my gosh, the this cheese are, sounds amazing. And the cows are cared for by you, the artisan cheese maker. And this is why your customers want it. It's not about you. It's about your customers and your story is validating for them to buy from you. Yes. Love it. Okay. So that was one. <laughs> These other ones are much, they're just as simple, but that was the main one. That's the, it's very important. So this next one is also important, but there's definitely more leeway in this one, right? So the second one is that it's hard to navigate your website. Now I say there's a little bit more leeway because if they can tell what you sell, they can probably dig in and figure out how you're wanting them to navigate this website. But the easier you make it for them, the better for you, right? Right. We've talked about the customer buying journey. We've talked about, you know, a a lot of other things, but how hard is it to navigate your site? Because again, they will jump off. They don't have a ton of time. So is the navigation bar easy to find? Can they shop? Can they shop now? Can they shop all? Do you have it broken up by categories, right? Do they... And how, how specific are these categories? So if you sell bath and body products, is it soap, body lotions, bath bombs, you know, but then you give them a shop all, or you just have shop all and they have to comb through all of your products to find specifically what they want. So I I think they'll, go ahead. We saw, we saw websites that didn't even have a shop now. We didn't even know how to shop from them. Yeah. So make sure somebody knows how to shop from you. Number one. (laughs) So bare bones. Make sure there's a place where they can shop that they know, okay, that's where I'm shopping from. 
And that's where I need to go to actually buy from this website. And when we say this, and I want all of you that are listening to be like, oh my gosh, I don't have a shop now. Are they talking about me? No, we're not talking about any of you specifically. Yeah. Okay. So just don't worry about that part. We are, we are creating this episode for you specifically because we have our hands in a lot of businesses and we're bringing up things for you that are consistent that we see across them. Yeah. So do they have every the single to one of us ha- has an imperfect website. I'll tell you I, that right I mean, now. Mina overhauled our website like three nights ago. <laughs> <laughs> There's still things I hate about it. Including our navigation bar. <laughs> and then I still was like, I don't know how to shop from this, Mina. And so she had to redo it. So there you go. But yeah, so the navigation part. So can they easily, when they land on your page, I want you to think, where do I want my customer to go? And how do I want to guide them, Right. Do they, you probably want them to shop now. You probably don't want to bout, you don't want blog, you don't want any of that up front. You want them to be able to shop. Where do you want them to go? If they're scrolling your homepage, where do you want to direct them? Mm-hmm. So is it navigate, is it easy to navigate around? Yeah, I would say one of the things too, like you're mentioning about and all those things, I think the main one that I don't like to see up top is wholesale. Me too. Because the general consumer, unless you're, all B2B, business to business, they can go to the bottom to look for wholesale. They don't need to have that first click at the very top next to shop because it's so confusing whether or not they should be there. Also about, I know we've had websites up for a long time and about used to be at the top. About probably could move to the bottom unless it's so important because I want you to remember that you're an e-commerce site. Mm -hmm. So what do they need to know about? If there's an about up there, is it about the way your process is and the products? Does it have to be about you or is it just kind of a reinforcer of buying from you? So no matter what though, we're talking about why people didn't buy from you and the about section or any of that will be later. They'll come to that later. First it needs to be, do I want to be here? Right? Do mm-hmm. I know what you're selling? And is it easy to navigate to see more of what you're selling? Like I'm shopping a store and I'm walking the aisles. Can I figure out what I want to buy? Right. So the next one, because you did promise those were shorter. Yes, I did. The next one is very hand in hand with the second one. And that is they find it difficult to buy from you. You make it difficult to buy from you. And I say it's hand in hand because it's that confusion factor, right? They're, They're navigating along. They're confused. Are you making them jump through hoops, right? So is it that, you know, like one of the ways to make it difficult is to not make it obvious what sizes things come in, right? That's a navigation thing, a difficult thing, a what you're selling thing. It all kind of ties together, but that's what we mean of this extra layer of, is there anything difficult about them buying from you? Are you making them jump through an extra hoop? Yeah. Is the add to cart difficult? Are there different Mm -hmm. things they have to select to be able to add it to their cart? Mm -hmm. You know, is it- Do they need to fill out a form? (laughs) Do I have to jump back to the the previous page to see the other colorway? Or can I see all the colorways right there on the page? And do you change the pictures for me so I can see the different colors? Mm Because if I have to go back and forth between pages, I might just say, I don't like it in green and I don't have time to look for it in the color that I want it in. Right. For so sure. think about that. Is it difficult to add it to their cart? Is that mm-hmm. part hard? And how do you, you might be saying, well, thanks ladies. I don't know how to figure this part out because you're so in your site. 
you you have built this, you're in it. So get feedback. Ask your you know, husband, ask your friends, ask your wife, ask whoever to go in and try it out as well and give you their honest feedback. I mean, honestly, like that's the point because they are also consumers and they also go on websites to buy things. So see if they can give you some feedback. Right. Just think about like difficulty of buying. This is why the one click purchase button was born because people wanted it the very easiest they could with the one click purchase. Mm -hmm. Right. So what are the steps they have to take from buying from you? Is it they have to look up their own colors? Do they have to pick out of 35 different fonts? You know, if you have a customization and they're just like, I don't know, I got to make all these decisions. Yeah. Um, Do they not know what size something is compared to something else? They're like, oh, is this, what's the depth on this? I have no idea the depth of this, you know, hand soap jar compared to this lip balm. Right. So questions like that, that they get that they're like, oh gosh, I have to jump through another hoop. This is kind of hard. I'm just going to do this later. That's usually what they think. A hundred percent. And then they probably don't come back later. They just forget usually. Yeah. The other thing that I want to know is do you ship to me, right? Like, so like if you're, it's U.S. shipping only, or Mm -hmm. let's say you're a UK business or you're a Canadian business, do you ship to the U.S.? Are you you know, US only, Canada only, UK only, you may need to let me know somewhere there. Also, if you offer free shipping, but it is international, you may want to say free shipping only within your country. So there's little things like that too, where I'm like, I don't want to get, I don't want to fall in love with this product, get all the way to the point of checkout and then be like, well, it's only shipped, you know, here. Then I, then I don't have, there was actually a meat company that the pork company that Mm -hmm, we looked at. The bacon company. Bacon company. They, said that they ship to the middle, like middle. Mm-hmm. middle they had Midwest. a map, a colored a map. map. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because it's specific, it was a fresh product and they were selling it and they knew what they could ship to, right? So it was, but it was really clear to me that I was like, okay, I'm on the coast. I, I know where I can't ship it, but I know where I can ship it as well or mm-hmm. buy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, especially with shipping, because you know, that's a question. You already know that some, somebody, they need, you need to get into their hands. So you should probably let them know how much it's going to cost them, you know? Also, you know that for sure that they're going to probably need to know. It's all the questions that they don't need, that they need to know without having to email you, right? So if I have to email somebody, ooh, does this come in a unisex fit or a tapered fit? That's a question that you probably should have that they don't have to email you to get answered. Because when I'm buying, especially right now, it's sweater weather and I'm buying a lot of sweatshirts, I, that's what I want to know. Should I be the medium or should I be the large? Is this oversized or is this tapered? You know? And an easy way of, you know, talking apparel, an easy mm-hmm. way is that you have a size guide. Uh-huh. And another thing that people are putting is like this model is 5'8 mm-hmm. and 145 pounds, for example. Right. Um, and you could see yourself, you could understand, and they're wearing a size small. for, And so you can kind of start to understand where, where they take the guesswork out of being like, well, how big is that model and comparing my short stature to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. For sure. And then where does it hit that model, right? Even if it's jewelry or if it's shoes, do those shoes look gigantic? Are they clunky on that model? How is she walking in it, right? We even see shoe companies that have models just straight up walking in their shoes. And that's that. It's very simple because it's a 3D view of them, somebody using it versus a 2D photo of something happening. 
Mm -hmm. So what's the easiest way for you to figure this out? Well, one, I tell you feedback. Two, find a business that's bigger than you, that's an expert, that does something, and go look at their website. Go see how they're showing their photos. Go see how they're explaining their products and their product descriptions. Go see when you show up on their page, how they navigate you from their homepage to their products and even their checkout process. A lot of this is you also need to be the user and the consumer to understand sites that are great. You can also go on sites and realize the things that you don't like about that. And then you'll be able to reflect easily on your own site. So this is for those of you that do have a website. But this does also apply to you, those of you that are selling, you know, if you are on Etsy, you can still think about, maybe it's not the navigation per se, but you can still think about your photos, your product description, kind of those FAQs that you can get answered. If I showed up on your Etsy shop, do I know what you sell or do you sell everything? Do you have some sort of tagline? Is there a logo? What, what do you sell? So I think you can still apply this to really, it mean it as listings on Amazon. Do I know what little labels are the second I land on that page? Mm-hmm. Right. And the objections that people have. So they, you know, beyond that really important one of that they know what I sell, I do need to even make it easy for them to understand, right? They know, okay, I can buy this and it's safe. It's made in the U.S. Um, I use it for when my kids are going to daycare or school. It's very simply put into their life you know, and they're like, oh, again, self-qualifying themselves as to whether or not they're in the right place at the right business, ready to buy. And then the difficulty part is a little bit easier when it's, a third, you know, somebody else's platform because that's kind of up to them. But definitely, you know, Jacqueline was talking about like when you walk into a store, is it appealing? Those are, you should still be appealing whether you're not, whether or not you're on Etsy, whether or not you're on Amazon, whatever it is, it should still draw the customer in where they want to buy from you. So I hope that this was really helpful. We hope that you, that you, you look at this and then you think, okay, how can I apply this to my business? And we're excited for what's to come. So thank you for listening to this episode and we can't wait to continue to support you. Thanks everybody. One last thing before we go, we created this podcast as a reminder that you are not alone in this. Growing a product-based business is hard and we want to help you through it. So thank you so much for listening and we truly appreciate it. And we want to give a special shout out to those of you who have left a review. Thank you. We read every single one of them, including this one by Inspired Life Crafts. And it says, as a very new business owner and maker, I really appreciate the Maker to Boss podcast. So it's one of our episodes. It's so intimidating to think of committing to a business, but these ladies offer so much encouragement and clarity to the whole process. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Wow. I love I love reading these, right? Mm -hmm. And she titled that my mindset as a hobbyist. So I'm glad that we got her there to being a boss. Right. And these really help us reach more people and help more small businesses, which is our mission. So thank you. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there.